Welcome in to another episode of the Cali Green Monster Show. It's a feel-good Friday, February 19th, 2021. I'm your host, Dean Ryan, coming to you from the Tesla Studios in sunny San Diego, California. Yesterday when I woke up, I just felt it in my bones that I needed to talk some Carson Wentz and talk Carson Wentz potential trade news and where he could end up. I had been talking about quarterback rumors a few weeks back when the season was still kind of winding down and we were leading up to the playoffs. However, I felt like I'm going to pump the brakes on talking about a lot of the rumors because a lot of the things that we are hearing is with Deshaun Watson and all these potential trades, they ended up just being that, just being rumors. So the last I had mentioned about Carson Wentz, I think it was probably two Fridays ago, I was anticipating that he's going to go to the Indianapolis Colts, and that was the last I had mentioned of it. Yesterday, we had discussed the potential that he was going to go to the Colts or the Chicago Bears, and I made my arguments why he should still go to the Indianapolis Colts and that it would be the perfect place for him, and that all Indianapolis would have to do is just hold firm with whatever trade offer they offered, and that it would probably eventually go through, and then sure as shit. An hour after I published the episode, and I'm just chilling, getting starting my day job, breaking news, Carson Wentz traded to Indianapolis for a 2021 third-round pick and a conditional 2022 second-round pick. Sometimes it's like, man, I hate being right all the time. It was nice to kind of hit that one right on the money. It was a bummer that it happened right after I published an episode because I would like to be able to bring stuff and cover stuff as soon as it happened. And I did not feel like jumping back in the car and recording another podcast. So it was like, hey, my very loyal, large fan base is going to have to wait and hear from the Cali Green Monster on Friday when I can talk a little bit more about the Carson Wentz trade and how it affects both teams and what I think about it. So, as I mentioned, the Colts, all they had to do was give up a 2021 third-round pick, so a third-round draft pick for this upcoming draft, and a conditional 2022 second-round pick for next year's draft. And what that means for a conditional uh, second round that could potentially end up being a first-round draft pick is that if Carson Wentz plays at least 75% of the snaps for the Colts this upcoming season— and the Colts make the playoffs, both which are a pretty high high likely chance of happening, then that second-round pick for the, ne- the, the 2022 draft, that becomes a first-round pick. So at the end of the day, the Eagles are getting some decent draft capital. It's not what they were probably hoping to get or what they were rumored to get. I think if I was an Eagles fan right now, I probably wouldn't be feeling too great about that trade. Because it's not like they opened up their cap space and have freed up a lot of space to be able to sign more people now that Carson Wentz and his contract is out of town. Because the Eagles are going to have to take on $33.8 million of dead cap. So basically money against their cap that they're not going to be able to spend this year. So Carson Wentz hasn't freed that up. The only bit that they gained in cap space is about like a little over $800,000. So basically, the Eagles are paying $33.8 million to have Carson Wentz not be their quarterback. And that's a pretty 
far fall from grace for a guy that in 2016 they traded a first round pick, which was an eighth overall, a third round pick, which was a 77th overall, a round four pick, which which was the hundredth overall pick, then a 2017 round one pick, which was the 12th overall, and a 2018 round two, which was the 64th pick. So they traded five picks just to be able to bring in Carson Wentz. They signed him to a huge extension after he put the Philadelphia Eagles in good contention for their Super Bowl championship run. Nick Foles was the person that did finish it off, but at least Carson Wentz did kind of get that team going and got their momentum going and got them going strong into the playoffs for Nick Foles to finish it off. But I, like I said, it's a pretty fall from grace, pretty far fall from grace from what a lot of people were expecting with Carson Wentz. There used to be debates on who was better, Carson Wentz or Dak Prescott. I think nowadays that's kind of almost kind of crazy to think that the narrative on that has completely flip-flopped. I think most people you would ask, at least pre-injury, they would for sure say Dak Prescott. I think I'm right now speaking about Dak Prescott. I'm just under the assumption that he's going to come back 100%, which I do feel like it's going to happen. For the Colts, I think this is a good trade. They needed a quarterback. Now they got one. I know that Carson Wentz has had some issues, and especially with forcing plays and with turnovers, and he just seems like a quarterback who needs some things to be able to figure out. But at least with the Colts, as I mentioned, in almost every single sports show that you'll listen, they keep highlighting that Frank Reich, the court, the coach for the Indianapolis Colts, was the offensive coordinator for Carson Wentz and the Eagles back in 2017. So I do have confidence that they're going to be able to rehabilitate Carson Wentz he has, he's going to have, he's going to be behind an incredible offensive line has a really great young running back and he has a really great defense on the other side of the ball that's going to be able to help keep scores low and as long as Carson Wentz can kind of break that habit of turning the ball over and making costly mistakes in 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 high leverage situations i think that this is going to be a good move so Unless Carson Wentz shows up in Indianapolis and has been is the same Carson Wentz that he was last year, and just bad Carson Wentz shows up, then this might look bad for the Colts. But I think this is a move they had to make, especially when they didn't end up getting Matt Stafford, and they don't seem to be in the market at all for uh, Deshaun Watson. So I think this was a. You know, this was the best option for him, and we'll see how it works out. In Philadelphia, a lot of people just assume Jalen Hurts is going to take the starting job. He was the quarterback that they drafted last year second in the second round, and he did really good. A lot of the fantasy football pundits are predicting that if Jalen Hurts is the starting quarterback this upcoming season, that he'd be like a top-five fantasy quarterback just based on his ability to be able to run the ball. And so the mix of pass and run is always money for fantasy football but apparently coming from philadelphia's camp is that they plan on bringing in competition for jalen hurts i don't think that they're going to be like trading and bringing in any big name guys like i don't see them 
bringing in like a guy like Marcus Mariota or anything like that or like a Fitz Magic. But I do feel like they'll bring in another journeyman to kind of be able to push Jalen Hurts. But at the end of the day, I feel like this is Jalen Hurts' job to lose. So unless this guy's just been like sitting around eating Twinkies and smoking dope all offseason, I think he's going to come in and be the quarterback. Yes, eating Twinkies and smoking dope. That's the recipe for losing your job in the NFL. I have nothing to base this on, but I just assume that that's probably not good for you and your potential for the upcoming season. Switching gears now. Tomorrow night, there's going to be a UFC. There was a UFC last week, a pay-per-view, the Usman and Burns. I covered that a few episodes ago. So if you want to hear my thoughts on the UFC and some of the fights that are coming up, you can take a listen back on, I forget which number it was. It might be Calgary Monster Show 28, I believe. But, yeah. So, tomorrow, it's going to be UFC Fight Night. Curtis Blades and Derek Lewis. It's coming from the UFC Apex Center in Las Vegas. And one of the problems that I highlighted in last week's UFC coverage and that I've mentioned a few times when I'm talking about UFC and covering UFC is that there's just so much damn UFC all the time like I said it's almost like every week I think there's another one next week but I have to double check on that but there's a UFC all the time now and that just makes the cards super thin like last week I didn't order their pay-per-view because I felt like it was just extremely top heavy of the, the main event was a a fight worth watching it was a fight seeking out and it was a it was a fight that i was excited about it was a fight that i you know covered before and after but i'm not going to spend 60 bucks to watch a bunch of fighters that i'm not recognized like i said i'm at this point in my ufc watching career and just as an adult i'm i am more of a casual i'm going to only watch the fights that impact the division and the names that i really recognize and i'm not really here to be scouting the next guy like I'll I'll see the next guy when they arrive and so with like last week's or last week's pay-per-view it's like it could have used some depth to that card and when you look at the main event of this card Blades and Lewis I felt like that would have almost been like the perfect co-headliner or like you know third from the top for a pay-per-view like that's what I'm expecting so at least I do subscribe to ESPN Plus, which is where you can watch this fight in this card, because I do want to watch this fight, but looking at the rest of the card, I honestly like am not interested in it. If you want to learn more about the rest of the main card or the undercard or any of the other fighters, I suggest hitting up MMA Junkie or Bleacher Report because I really don't have any interest in covering them. But I am really interested in the main event, which is a heavyweight tilt. Like I mentioned, Curtis Blades and Derek Lewis. These are guys that are both contenders in the heavyweight division. I think Curtis Blades is ranked. They're both top five heavyweights right now. Curtis Blades, he's 10-2 and in the UFC. Both of his losses are to Francis Ngannou. Oh, shit. Sorry, I just got distracted because I'm at work. And I'm just chilling in my car recording this thing. And I'm seeing in the bushes where there's you know, gardeners working and there's just this huge ass raccoon that's just like walking by and I was just like, Oh, he's just broad daylight, not giving a crap that there's the gardeners there. But anyway, back to the UFC talk. Francis Ngannou is the only person that's beaten Curtis Blades. He's beaten him twice, but besides that, he's had a really a really great career, not just in MMA, but just in combat in general. He was a 
state champion wrestler in high school. Then in college, he went to JC and was a JC national champion wrestler. And then he actually left school to train MMA full time. I think while he was in school, he was doing amateur fights and was undefeated in that and then yeah just transitioned to mma full-time and has had a pretty successful career so he has a really solid wrestling base which is you know what i think is basically the best thing you know the best base you can have for ufc sorry i stumbled again because the raccoon started going to the trash can crazy shit all right anyway curtis blades he's a wrestler and he's on a currently he's on a four fight win streak since he lost to francis Ngannou. you know when he did lose to francis Ngannou, it was a first round knockout but let's be real i talked about francis Ngannou a few episodes back you can go take a listen to that episode if you feel free to i think it was pretty great and francis Ngannou's story is pretty incredible but and Francis Ngannou's doing that to everybody. So I really he can't hold Curtis Blades, you know. You can't hold it against him for that. So, you know, he's a tough dude. On his current four-fight win streak, he has notable wins over Junior Dos Santos, TKO, and Alexander Volkov. Um, he decisioned him. Volkov, who we saw a couple weeks ago with a really impressive victory over Alistair Overeem. So, you know, he's got wins over notable dudes in the division. And then he's going up against Derek Lewis, who's been in the UFC heavyweight division since about 2014. Before that, he was fighting other promotions like Bellator and I think Legacy Fight Championships, where he was a champion. Where he was a champion in that promotion. So he's 15 and five in the UFC, and in those 15 wins, he's got 11 of them by either KO or TKO. He's fought for the championship before. He stepped up and fought Daniel Cormier for the heavyweight title back in November of 2018. And that was on the Madison Square Garden card. So, you know, he's a, he's a dude that has experience. He's a guy that throws heavy hands. He actually has a victory over Francis Ngannou. But, you know, as I mentioned, I had, there's another podcast where I covered that. That fight was very disappointing That where it looked like it was two guys that – you know, throw hammers for fists, you know, they, they, they knock out dudes. Like when you, when you see Derek Lewis or Francis Ngannou on the card, you're expecting a knockout or just violence in general. And for, you know, to give credit to Derek Lewis dangerousness, Francis Ngannou almost was afraid to pull the trigger because of the, the heavy handedness of Derek Lewis. So I think that just is a testament to how, you know, the power Derek Lewis has. So, you know, this fight, I think is very exciting. I think it has, you know, a lot of repercussions for the heavyweight division. I don't, it's not necessarily going to set up a title contender. I don't think because Dana White has already come out and said that John Jones, the former light heavyweight champion is going to move up to heavyweight and fight the winner of Stipe Miocic and Francis Ngannou. So while I had previously predicted that Curtis Blades would potentially get a title shot with this victory, that sounds like it's not going to be the case now. So we'll have to evaluate what's the future for these guys after the fight. But because but we can't, you know, why think about the after the fight when we still got the fight to look forward to? In my opinion, I feel like Curtis Blades is probably going to take this one. He's a really great wrestler. And Derek Lewis, from what I've seen, he doesn't seem to have the strongest wrestling. When he fought Daniel Cormier, he, had, he really couldn't do anything to stop the ground game and then eventually got choked out in the second round 
keep in mind Daniel Cormier is a former Olympic wrestler so there's not too many people just in the MMA world that have the pedigree or the skill on the mat that Daniel Cormier does so it's kind of unfair to judge Derek Lewis's ground game or his ground defense based off what he did against Daniel Cormier but I just feel that Curtis Blades he's looked impressive against everyone that's not named Francis Ngannou and I think he's going to take this one I think it'll probably go to a decision. Curtis or Derek Lewis is a tough dude, and even though he does, you know, you see him and he looks out of shape, and you know, when you see him on social media, it's just a funny, charismatic dude. It's like this is a tough motherfucker. He knows how to just keep bringing it, and even if he looks gassed, he just keeps knowing how to come. So even though I predict that Curtis Blades is going to be able to control the the fight with his wrestling and his you know ground control and clinch control. I think it will go all five rounds, but yeah. Curtis Blades, book it. Before I get out of here on this Friday and we go off into the weekend, I did want to highlight a non-sports thing. I guess yesterday the NASA, their Mars rover Perseverance landed, and it was a big deal, apparently, you know, because it was all over the news and all over the science, Facebook, social medias and stuff were bringing about it. But to me, I mean, I know it's impressive. I'm not going to take away. I'm like, hey, I'm not working for NASA. I'm not a rocket scientist or anything like that. But when I saw the news, it was just like, haven't we done this before? And I, and I looked it up and it's like, yeah, this is like the fifth Mars rover. And I feel like every time it happens, it's always just like, oh, my God, we did it. Like we put a robot on Mars. And it's just like, dude, we put humans on the moon back in the 60s when like there was no Internet and like having color TV was a big deal. And so like I would honestly, you would think with that trajectory of technology and what we have now, like, I remember a few years back them saying that my iPhone had better technology than what the spaceship that went to the, that landed on the moon had. So it's like, that's a few years back. So what does it mean now? Like, the MacBook Pro that I'm working on has, like, uh, just as good technology as whatever the fuck the Mars rover has? I don't know. Elon Musk is talking about sending people to the moon or sending people to Mars and stuff like that. So... I don't think I'm going to get excited about Mars or sending anything to Mars or anything space related until we're actually sending humans up there. I don't know. You might be like, Dean, you're so ignorant. Like, you know how such of a great accomplishment it was. It's like, no, I know it's a great accomplishment. I'm just saying that we've fucking done that before. Once you've seen someone do a, a windmill dunk, the next time you see someone do a windmill dunk, it's less cool. And then the third time, it's just like, dude, do something different. So I'm just kind of like standing on the sidelines right now at NASA like, pussies, do something different. So that's my opinion on the Mars rover landing. Like George St. Pierre would say, NASA, I am not impressed by your performance. So with that, that's been another episode of the Cali Green Monster Show. Any new listeners, I appreciate you taking a listen. Hope you enjoyed the sports talk, and as you heard at the end, a little bit of stuff talk. Hope you guys have an amazing Friday. Have an awesome weekend. With that, I'm your host, Dean Ryan, coming from the Tesla Studios in sunny San Diego, California. It's been a Cali Green Monster Show. Peace, guys. Peace.